Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Hey, Met. Hey, Errol. Hey, uh, it's, it's a bit of a weird feeling um, to be recording a, an episode without a guest because it's been such a long time since we did uh, one of these. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about time, right? Because we've been busy with guests and it's nice to have also the time to simply, you know, uh, get more, <laughs> I guess, uh, airtime, right? <laughs> we, yes. Um, so we, for the second season, we do also have some very interesting guests lined up, but I think, um, it is really better that, uh, every once in a while we do get our, uh, soapbox back because, um, we like to talk as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, so what's the topic? What's the topic of today? So I, I have a good topic for you, Matt. Um, I want to talk about the, uh, impact of technology on uh, social life. Okay. And I'll, uh, I'll paint a picture for you here. So um, you and a group of friends, you're um, maybe hanging out together, maybe uh, you're at a restaurant and uh, every once in a while, you know, somebody checks their phone, maybe they're, checking the latest news, maybe they're responding to uh, a message they got from, uh, you know, from on, on WhatsApp or, or uh, a Telegram. Maybe they're checking uh, what the price of Bitcoin is. Um, 10 years ago, this was pretty much impossible. Um, you were, you did not have the, the uh, data networks, the cellular data networks as we know them. Also the, the computers that we carry in our pockets didn't well, it's more than 10 years ago now. Damn, we're really getting old. But you know, back in the day, this this was not possible. And today it is. So I'm wondering, um, did, did you ever think about this? Well, it's, uh, it's your lucky day. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I did think about this. No, I think, um, so uh, I'll speak for myself, and it probably applies to you as well, right? We are we 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 get to see both worlds right we get to see the world where there were no you know no phones let's say no cell phones no smartphones at least uh, we even get to see the world where the phone was um just free to come to talk to someone you couldn't do it like on the go right it was a fixed a fixed line a fixed, yeah. Uh, yeah device uh on you know, maybe the living room, maybe somewhere in the center of the room, not even in your own room. And you had to be there, right? Like with the wire and, and talk. And then we saw when the phone became where you were able to talk to anybody at any time, reach anyone. And then we saw smartphones where you have no data. You have, um, um, you have information available to you. And... And whatever you, you want to look up, you look up or, or see or um, 
and even you know even news right getting stuff that, that you know not like waiting for the paper of tomorrow to see what's happening you can see it like you know immediately sometimes you don't even have to look for it it will come to you with as a notification and it will tell you here i am so we 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 managed to see all of this. We managed to experience all of these. And we can notice that we can probably, if we reflect back on this, we can see what's, what we feel has changed for the good and what's changed for the bad. Um, so I, 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 <laughs> I'll tell you the story, right? I recall one day, long, long time ago, it was a, a family get, get together, you know, relatives sitting together and then, um, like these two people were discussing something, right? And I th if I recall, the discussion was, what is the capital of Brazil? And one said Rio de Janeiro. And by the way, to keep, to keep perspective, this is the 80s. Uh, one says Rio de Janeiro, one says Brasilia. This is back then. And, and they are really each one saying like, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. So what they've done is like, they picked up the phone and they called the, the, the equivalent of 411 for information, right? Now, normally you call that guy to say, hey, what's the phone number to this place or connect me with this? Uh -huh. They call and say, hey, sorry to bother you. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, we're here discussing like, what's the capital of Brazil? And, you know, he's saying this, saying this, can you please give us your opinion, right? <laughs> and that was the only way to reach information at that moment because you're not going to go to the library on a Saturday. I think it was a weekend, you know, plus... So it was funny, like, you know, and that person gave, I forgot what they gave us as an answer. Uh, so now we look at time today, right? And we're like, look, we can solve these kind of problems now, right? We cannot have discussions about, you know, when something is like, when it comes to this is correct and this is this is truth, this is true and this is wrong, or this is correct and incorrect, we can easily figure that out, right? But then do we abuse it? I mean, do we... Do we waste time? Do we, you know, are we taking time from something that's more important, right? Um, so anyway, that's my initial, <laughs> you know, no, take this, on. This is, this is very correct in that um, I also recall something where we're watching a movie and suddenly um, the, this discussion uh, started. I don't know how, but there was a discussion about the, the fastest uh, uh animal on land and um but we did have access to internet but we stopped watching the movie and we went to google it but like you say you know prior to internet this was not possible you'd need to go to a library or should be like a knowledgeable person in the room um but it, with smartphones now if people can just google it so in a way um the the necessity for uh well not the necessity but the the, the nice thing of having like uh, this smart encyclopedic friend you know everybody knows somebody like that who, who just knows random facts right <laughs> their value is sort of cratered with with smartphones because you can just look up uh that type of stuff yeah and and also uh speaking of, of um you know like kind of books right uh, also like an encyclopedia was was whoa if you own one or everyone like wanted to have one at home, right? Meaning you have, you have tons of info, right? I mean, you know everything then. You could look up anything if you had it at home, and it was a big deal. And and that that's also like now we don't care because we have we have even more than that. We have not just data; we have even opinions. <laughs> yeah, but so 
Yeah, go for it. So um, I don't I don't want to um, sidetrack the discussion um, onto the availability of data. I really want to talk about the social impact because, like I said. <clears throat> Like maybe 15 years ago, instead of 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was impossible to be with a group of friends and you're hanging out. Uh, everybody was sort of focused on the discussion, right? And there have been um, tons of uh, articles about uh, the attention span of, of people uh, shrinking. Um, that's also why we see in social media, like if you have a, a video that's five minutes long, nobody's going to watch it. Uh, that's why you keep them at 30 to 40 seconds and you subtitle them because nobody's going to click on the audio anyway. You know, you need, it needs to be bite-sized. But that sort of bled over into our social interactions, I think. So your phone is in your pocket and you're talking to somebody and you get a notification. You know, you feel compelled to uh, uh, to check it out. So um, there you have uh, an intrusion of technology into something as fundamental as a conversation. To the point that, um, so you described the scene from the 80s where uh, a group of people were talking and usually the kids would be playing or, or listening with half an ear to, to what the adults were saying. But you look at a, a family gathering now, you'll just see uh, the teenagers are on their phones, right? The kids are on the iPads. Uh, and the adults are um, talking about things they've seen on on uh, social media. Like I saw this on Instagram, you did this this or that. So uh, I feel like there is um, definitely a um, a transformation happening in how humans interact with one another because of the availability of this technology. Well, for sure, yeah. Um... I think even even if we say we wanna put the phone down and talk like we did before, I think even that discussion, like you mentioned, would be different than before because it would it would the content of it would be different. And 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 it's is it more meaningful now or is it more intelligent now or is it more uh, relevant? I mean, I don't know if we could if we could even say that. But we so so at so at least for the kids, right? I mean, someone that 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 has opened their eyes in in this much uh, this much this many devices um, in front of them to consume social media. Um, so definitely, they they cannot focus on one thing. They have to have multiple things, right? I I feel like they they can they can multitask, but they have to multitask in a sense. They have to. They're not satisfied with just like one channel. Um, so for them, you know, sitting in front of someone and giving full attention, that's difficult. I mean, it's just, it's just difficult because they haven't. They have options. Well, they they haven't they've grown into another way in another way, yeah. But I like, mean, in the, what I want to say is that they have options in that, you know, 15 years ago, you're sitting with a group of friends, you're talking. Well, that's it. Unless another friend, you know, in, you, happens to uh, pass by. And you're like, oh, hey, uh, you know, Bob, you know, come sit with us. Um, you, you don't have that option. You're, you're sort of stuck. So 
in a way now uh, in your pocket, you have access to the world and to other social circles than the one you're uh, currently physically in. Yeah, yeah. Which you didn't have. Like, imagine a family 20 years ago, everybody comes back from school and from work. And, you know, you teenagers would hang on the phone with their friends, but that was very uh, was much more limited than, than uh, you know, the scenario we're describing today. They uh, sit at the table. Um, I don't know, maybe have a conversation, but uh, it, it, I'm almost ashamed to admit it, but uh, my kids are sometimes on the iPad while they're eating. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll no. get to kids and, and iPads uh, actually later on because it's something I want to talk to you about as well because it's a very important uh, uh, topic that, that you're amongst parents. But So the, 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 the family of 20 years ago, once they went into their houses, they were sort of isolated in a bubble, much like the group of friends meeting, meeting outside. But much like the friends who are hanging out in the restaurant, the family now finds that they have options. They don't need to talk to one another. They could be connected to their class through, you know, uh, Facebook groups, through through WhatsApp groups, they're on TikTok, um, and you sort of. This might be a bold statement, but you sort of see um, isolation in crowds. Like you're in a crowded environment, but you're you're not partaking in the in the social interactions that are happening there because you are in a virtual crowd and you're interacting there and maybe multiple ones which you know i tend to yeah. like i have multiple groups where i uh chat with different uh, friends about uh, you know different topics different interests i don't want to well, i don't want to pass judgment oh, go ahead yeah well i'm um, what i want to say is um so true uh i think i think um before before uh, we, we, we got to this point, we were limited on that discussion, on that group that you could you could have that conversation, right? It was limited to the physical um, closeness that you have, meaning you could not be now talking to your cousin because they're not next to you. So that was a limitation. But now you can say, well, I'm not talking to, you know, like let's suppose my kid next to me or my wife or... Um, someone that's physically close to me, not talking to them right now, but I am engaging in a conversation, right? So you are, you cannot say that you are also isolated if you are engaged in a, not like in a way where you, you're kind of, um, okay, I don't want to get to the topic of, of you projecting a different image of yourself, for example, right? Or you're like, you know, you're, probably you're like really sad, but you, you just show a picture of selfie that you're really happy, right? That's another story, right? But if you are being engaged, like with something that interests you and you are contributing to a conversation, which is over some sort of social media, that means you're not, you know, in isolation, in my opinion. Yeah, that was also maybe, uh, I didn't express myself very well. What I meant to say was you're, isolated in the in the physical bubble as in you're not paying attention to or not fully paying attention to do what's going on around you um and one could argue you know that uh books or you know uh, having two tvs in in the house you know back in the days when having two tvs was a big deal um that could split up uh the group uh but of course this 
person is engaging with is being social having interactions but not uh with the physical group that they're with or it's a parallel way of communicating it's akin to more like let's say you were at a party and you know everybody at this party mm. but uh people know each other in groups and you're the host of the party and you're going from one group to the other because you're talking to everyone almost oh. I, I think that's um it's not a re- bad analogy so how focused are you to one group and how much attention and time can you uh, give to a group so you're basically butterflying around right yeah and this was impossible in uh, 20 years ago like you come home and you know you're in in your family group or you hang out with your friends but now as long as you don't have like a, a phone policy or a connection policy, something we can also uh, talk about uh, afterwards is you you will basically be fluttering around, fluttering around from one conversation or one group to the other one. So you are less present in what is around you. Yeah, I mean, for, for sure. Yeah, you are, you are not interacting in that you know, in, in, in that bubble, you're not. I mean, yes, um, sure. And and I think I think we we what we try to do then we try to label this one as being first of all we say well, this is impolite, or we say this is um, not normal, obviously, because um, we had the the habit of. Physical closeness brings, um, you know, conversation. It brings communication, right? And now we are kind of putting that as, you know, a second class citizen. This is a very good point because what you touch on here is the fact that uh, humanity sort of understands that this has an impact on how we behave socially, and because we don't. I mean, we're, we're at a, uh, a phase where things are evolving. We label looking at your phone while you're talking to somebody as impolite. So there is even uh, uh, some people that, for example, when they go to meet with friends, they'll have a box and everybody that sits at the table has to put their phone in the box and the, it, it remains in another room. So you come to the point that some people experience that so prob- uh, so problematic that will that they will try to find solutions for it. So there is things like etiquette, social etiquette is evolving around uh, how you use your phone. One thing I will do, for example, when I'm talking to somebody, I want to give them my attention is I will put my phone face down on the table so that notifications don't interrupt us, right? Or imagine, um, you know, uh, you're talking to uh, to somebody. Um, and they're constantly on their phone. I get irritated about this. I think they're they're not really engaged to to uh, what we are doing. So it it ticks us off. Maybe this is because you and I and people our age we've we've seen the past. But then for the kids growing up, maybe it's the most normal thing uh, in in the world. Well, I think I think we just want to get a confirmation that someone is paying attention, right? That's what we say is being registered, and we've done it in the past when you would tell someone, "Well, I might tell your kid, like, um, or a parent might tell their child, 
you know, uh, say, hey, you know, look at me when I'm talking to you, right? Or, um, or if someone's not paying attention, suppose they're reading the magazine, like, or are you listening to me? Um, so there was this kind of, I mean, we are, we, we, you know, we we are trying to just get an acknowledgement that okay, what I'm saying is being, you know, received, right? Um, and if someone is not responding with words, if they're looking at you in the eyes, at least you know they are, you know, giving you the attention. Um, so we've done that before. Uh, meaning we we kind of we, we the 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 bulk of it is that we just want to know that someone is is listening, right? Not like we are talking and for no reason. Um, and yeah, um, I think the policy that you speak about, um, it's, it sounds like, in my opinion, that's going to be temporary, right? Because it's a phase where we're trying to find a, we don't feel, we feel like we're missing something from the past because we get someone looking at their phone. And to us, that means you're not paying attention here in this group. Uh, that means, okay, uh, we have to stop that. And I can I can compare that to the first days of just the internet, or you know, where at companies you had email like Hotmail was simply blocked, or you could not, you know, so web pages were blocked. You cannot. Facebook to, is a good example. Like uh, there were yeah. companies that used to block it. Yeah, and Facebook. I mean, Facebook. I mean, I look at Facebook as being new compared to other technologies that were uh, even before it. Um, so even so the company even had internet they would say well because companies did jump into you know obviously excel and, and word and things like this um with the internet being even primitive but um so any services that would take from your time they would block them and just for yeah, them they, someone... they, they saw it as a as a detrimental to productivity it's like hey, you Absolutely. shouldn't be talking to people you should be working Absolutely, absolutely. But then we get to we get to the point where I think now we feel like, well, it's normal for someone that have that urge to, to communicate, for them to take that five minutes and communicate in it, or even you know ten minutes if you add up that time. And then they're back into what they have to do. And now they know that okay, I don't have to for some time. I don't have to communicate right now because I'm focused on my work. You can, you know. Um, but it, just to play the devil's advocate here. 20 years ago, when you were at work, you know, you couldn't communicate. You, you couldn't check Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp. And I don't think people were really considered that an issue. Like nobody said, hey, you know what I really hate about my job? That I can't just contact my friend who lives in Beijing uh, on a whim. Oh, I, I, just, I just hate working because if I were at home, I could just call them. Like it, it wasn't an issue. And now, with the availability of the technology, suddenly it becomes for for uh, certain people at work almost like a uh, a requirement to be able to have that freedom. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a change. Of course, it's can a you change. imagine you you go, you work for a uh, a customer like our company. Say we have a no phone policy, and you get a work laptop, and we've got like uh, blocked all the the social media traffic, and 
it's not like you're not working for the military or some kind of secret, um, you know, uh, top secret project. It's just, you know, like a consumer thing you're working on. But they have this policy. You'd say these these people are crazy. I'm not working there. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like I said, 20 years ago, it was the, the reverse was crazy. Like, what do you mean you want to be able to reach out to anybody and be available to anybody to, to reach out to? And you see one of the the social impacts of this has also been in terms of being connected to the point that you could jump on your bike, go to your friend's house, and he wouldn't be there. And you or you as a kid, you'd be like, okay, I'm leaving. I'll be back by six. And you were leaving like at, at, at eight in the morning, right? And yeah. for those eight hours, there's no way for your parents to reach you, right? Exactly. But now, if I know from, I, I've seen this with my neighbors, they're like uh, calling their kids and the kids wouldn't pick up. And like, yeah, where are they? We can see them. I'll find my friends. And then one of the dads was ready to get into the car when one of the girls finally picked up, but they were, you know, um, in a region where they didn't have a good cell phone connection. It's another fundamental change in how we expect to be able to reach people. Not being able to reach somebody for two days was considered to be absolutely normal. Now, not being able to reach somebody who you have frequent discussion with for, for two days, you'd almost call the police. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's it's a change. I mean, it's definitely um, it's a change. Um, <laughs> again, how 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 could you compare it to back then? Uh, I mean, I mean the, the the fact that if you try to reach someone now and you cannot reach him, well, it's like if if maybe your spouse goes to another room and she does not come out for two days, right? You'd be <laughs> yeah, but you know they're they're there, right? Well, hopefully, right? yeah. it's uh, like a secret door, like uh, and I know, like uh, I'm leaving you. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's like it. This, yeah, and it's we we expect more because we're we're connected. We just connected more, and we are involved. We are participating in other bubbles. Um, and it's it's and this is still gonna get, I think, weirder than this, in my opinion. The day when you have your I don't know, like your whole 3D, 3D remake of you projected in someone else's living room, right? And maybe you are moving or sitting or doing something and you are standing here. That would be then even more weird, but we could that could happen because now we're simply saying, okay, well, we can communicate. We can simply send our text. We can send our image. We can send our video. We can see ourselves live. We can be involved. So it, you know, but yeah, would it would it matter then in that case, right? Would it matter for us to see to see to to me to be in a three D form sitting next to you? Does it matter? It doesn't matter because now it's like the the main thing is like my mind is into this conversation. So me okay. physically physically coming I, there in person or, or that's a good question, and uh, we'll see. What that does, because we could go into you know computer games and 
young young people you know i i was participating in uh uh massively multiplayer online rpgs as well like there's a representation like the 3d representation although it's on the screen but you know you're together with friends uh doing nothing but um before we go into that i want to come back to the fact that modern humans are uh, theorized to be, uh, you know, have been around for 100,000 years. Of those 100,000 years, only in the last 20 years, everybody is almost immediately connectable, like globally, okay? So for the first 100,000 years, kids would be, tell their parents, hey, I'm off, I'll see you in the evening, or whatever. You know, the equivalent of that was, um, and they get get back in the evening, and in the past twenty years, that you know, like the past five years, like kids getting phones is uh, is maybe more of a. So there's like a huge history, like of of humans behaving in a certain way. And a social etiquette evolving around that, expectations evolving around that. And literally in the last decade, boom, extremely profound changes on on how those uh, conversations could occur. Now, I I just want to add one more thing. I do recall in one meeting, uh, meeting. (laughs) too many meetings these days, and in one of our episodes where where, um, we discussed that um, the evolution of technology is, or the history of technology is basically um, related to the the speed at which we can communicate. So you're talking about mailing systems, like, uh, you know, carrying messages around on a horseback. Then you go into, um, like, newspapers, the print. Then you go into uh, um, the telegraph, radio. Now we have... Um, Fiber optic cables, satellites, connecting things more and more. But even if you discard that f- last 500 years, like no, even if you take that into account, the last 500 years of, of technological evolution and the speed at which we communicate, n- none of it was as closely profound to the individual level of your uh, intimate connections with the people around you. You the the advent of print technology bringing um, uh, mass distribution of news to the to to a broad audience had no impact on how a uh, family interacted with one another socially. If you leave outside the fact that you know somebody might be reading the newspaper instead of talking, but that's not as profound as what I'm talking about now. So. But it is it is a change huh? from what was before to to that stage. It is a, a significant change because your attention is not given to that person. Whether you're reading newspaper, whether you're watching TV, whether you're listening to the radio. That it's not only about attention, is it? Now it we is attention, attention, but we discussed attention, but we also discussed discussed expectations, expectations such as I'm at work. And you cannot stop me from, you know, messaging my friends about the board game night. And if you do that, this, uh, you know, I'll go, you know, I'll, I'll quit. Which you couldn't think, unimaginable 20 years ago. 
the expectation that you should be able to reach somebody you communicate often with that same day, that same minute. And if they don't return to you in a few days, like something's really wrong, right? So yeah. do you have both uh, a change in in um, in yeah, maybe you know I was going to say change in in focus, but maybe there's an expectation of being focused. Like these things are are changing. And I'll I'll add something more to that. It goes even further than that. The the, the, the social impact of technology does not only come to us from leisure, but it also comes in the form of work. The digital umbilical, which connects the employee to the employer, didn't used to exist this in, in such a robust way 20 years ago. Work from home. If corona had happened 20 years ago, the economy would probably just collapse completely. Because nobody could be able to work from home like we did in the past two years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But forget about Corona. Even before Corona, let's say it's the 1920s. You're in New York and you work for an ad agency. You finish your job. You go home, but you don't take your office with you. Now you bring your laptop and your phone with you, and work seems to kind of bleed into while you work until whenever you want to stop working, which impacts how people divide up their time. It's no longer a clear set. This is my eight hours of work. Like it's, it's all becoming very vague. And it impacts also on families and I believe also uh, society in general. Again, I'm not passing any judgment on whether something is positive or negative. I'm just uh, you know, stating an observation here. It, it it has an impact for sure. Things have changed. But, I mean, no one. I mean, we will not. We won't deny this. But again, I would, my argument is also would be. Um, now let's not talk. Let's not just go hundred years back. Let's go even be before that, right? When somebody's life was kind of like you could predict it, right? Because you're probably gonna do. You're you're born. You know you're gonna grow up watching, you know, your dad or, or you know, the the bread earner, right? Uh, doing some sort of job and you're going to probably do the same thing. And that job is pretty close from home and you deal with a few people in a daily basis, that close bubble, uh, close bubble being the community. You're not going to travel far. You're going to work where you are. And it would be a strange thing if someone does travel, right, that goes far away or learns something different. So a farmer, his son would be a farmer, um, a, you know, uh, I don't know, a carpenter, the kid would be a carpenter and their kid would be a carpenter usually. Usually, obviously, uh, I'm not saying this uh, mm -hmm. 100%. Um, so in a sense, that life, that work life, it there. I could argue it's mixed. Although when you go home, you're not, you know, you're not working. But that's your life. I mean, that's what makes you. I mean, people know you as the the carpenter. That's what you did, right? And you'll be known in that community. And it would be so that the what we call now uh, life work balance. It, 
it wasn't, I mean, it was like mixed, right? Almost like everyone is an entrepreneur. You have to be like kind of, you know, involved in the work or their life is, is, is mixed with their, um, with, with the work. And, and this is now when we, we've noticed that, well, if you are just doing work for someone else as an employee, usually, um, you do it purely for, for, for money, you know, most of the time. And meaning if you do something that you don't like to do and you want to limit that, you want to make sure that, that work stops when you finish. And we did see then with technologies that, well, although we want it to stop now because of the connectivity we have now, that goes with your home. And that goes mm -hmm. both ways because now at home, you can check your Facebook. At work, you can check your Facebook, for example. But then once you go home, mm -hmm. you might get a Slack about about a meeting of you know tomorrow morning or about, hey, uh, can you please yeah, double check yeah. these figures? I, I really like this point you're making. So basically, um, I, I just want to underline this. It's a very interesting point. So we said um, there is this expectation when you're at work that you should be able to, you know, you should be, sociably reachable but on the other hand when you're at home there is sort of an expectation to be professionally reachable as well right so it's becoming really vague now because uh in our line of work but also in other people's like unless you're working in a factory and you just leave you know all the machines and, and come home like if your job involves emails and computers and and uh content when you're at home you might like like you say get a message at 9 p.m saying hey uh there's this urgent issue um and we need to get uh on top of this so but, but, it's, it's in both directions yeah and exactly it goes both ways because you might say well today it works for me better if i could just work an hour later and starts late later right or i might have something to do i want to you know, finish mm. this work later. So, yeah, like I said, Matt, I'm I'm doing my darnest heart not to make a, a judgment call on what is uh, good or bad. So, uh, like, I'm not trying to defend any kind of thing. So, but yes, there are positive sides to this. You can say, I'm gonna, yeah. And I'm I think we're sliding later. from <laughs> we're sliding from this from the social, right? The, no, the, I don't think so. I think this is this is a. A, a nice branch on this topic. Okay, we are deviating a little bit, but this is literally talking about how technology changed your life. And you're now saying, you know, work sort of work and, and uh, pr private life are sort of becoming vaguer. The, the, it's not boxed in anymore. This has impact on, on social life. No. Maybe okay. Let's not go into the details of that. You're, you're right. Okay, because we, we did talk about work a lot, and I, you, you're right. We should focus on 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 social things. I'll, I'll give you another social thing. So back when I uh, was at university, which is about twenty years ago now, I knew people who found their uh, partners online. And I thought it was the weirdest thing ever, like because it be like I'm a uh, geek, and I would never, you know, twenty years ago, you you just didn't seem to me like you don't subscribe to a dating website. Um, and then little by little, I started hearing about people 
getting married because they met on Facebook. And you you hear about people getting married after they met on Tinder. To coming to the point that I hear some uh, some of my younger friends today saying, "Oh yeah, uh, you want to date? You know that's not you know in the outside world. You you gotta meet your partner on on Facebook dating or on Tinder." So what used to be you know exceptional is now the norm. Just meeting somebody while out and about seems to have become uh, a fraction of, of what it used to be. Now, how does this impact uh, social life? Let's put it this way. I talked about options, right? So when you're talking to me um, and we're the only people in the room, we don't have connectivity, you don't have options. You got to listen to me unless in your mind you're like singing like a circus song and you know, like, oh man, I can't wait to, you know, get rid of this guy. Yeah. But that's your only option. You've got to be daydreaming and, uh, you know, not every once in a while. You know, yeah, yeah, Earl, it's very interesting. But now you have that option on your phone. But the same thing is goes for dating. So for 100,000 years, your life partner was somebody who probably lived very close to you or it was somebody who knew somebody, you know, in case of arranged marriages, which still exists, by the way, um, it was somebody from a smaller social circle. And from that perspective, you didn't have many options. But now, apparently you go on, I'm saying apparently because I've never installed it, cross my heart and swear to die, in case my wife is sick. Uh, <laughs> you in, in these Tinder and, and Facebook applications, what you do is like you set in a perimeter, say five kilometers, 10 kilometers, 15 kilometers, 20 kilometers. So your, your net of where you can find potential partners grows. But with this comes something, uh, I think, uh, something that might be worth being cautious about is something that, uh, and I, I can find the TED Talk for you. If I don't forget, I'll actually link it in the show. But I, I watched a TED Talk where um, the the concept that this person was explaining is that Choice makes us unhappy. Since so you go to the shop, they have two types of pants. Like they have the black one and the blue one, like the blue jeans and the, and the black jeans. You pick one, you're done. Now he says, you go into the shop and there's like 15 black ones, 20 blue ones, seven white ones. And then there's five shops all selling like little variations of one another. So instead of being able to make a decision, you're just like looking at this and that. And then you don't finally choose, you settle on something because you think, okay, you know, I don't want to spend more time looking. Uh, but at the back of your mind, as you buy that product, it's not only for for um, for shorts or pants or clothes, but it's like any product these days. You settle on something, you bring it home, and then you're, you're left with the impression, okay, I chose something, but there's probably something better out there. And I think... If you start looking at dating in a way that you're not limited anymore, you have options, you might, uh, there might be the danger of you ending up thinking, yeah, I, I could have done better. Maybe if I just added another mile or another kilometer to my radius, I was going to meet the one. Mm -hmm. If you understand what I mean. Because yeah. we don't want to go into the concept of you know yeah. meeting the one. That's a different story. But here's another 
social impact of technology. Well, let me if, if I could if I could take on this. So the the last point, right? You go you go to the shop and you see two pens and you pick one of them, right? So for you, you have for you, if you wanna really analyze that. For you to be correct, whether you made a good choice or not a good choice, it's a 50%. So if you pick the good one, 50% chance, you know, you, you know, you pick the good one. But it's and... also easy. You go like, ah, oh, I like blue jeans better. I'm going to do blue jeans. Yeah, yeah. I didn't lose. That's like 100% the correct choice to make. Yeah. But then suddenly there's like 10 different types of blue jeans. And then one of them is like slim fit. The other one's like a bootleg. Uh, then you have ones with the, the, the stone-washed ones, and suddenly it's like, ah, oh, I don't know anymore. I like all of them. And even if you, and then that moment when you take one of them, and maybe if you try to say, well, was I correct? The chance for you to be correct is not 50% anymore, right? Yeah. If you had 10, it was only 10% chance that you picked the right one. And back of your mind, like, not like, oh, maybe I should have taken the other. No, no, it's like, maybe I should have taken a, the the red no 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 maybe the 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 you know the the stone washed one maybe uh the torn up you know pants or whatever that might be uh, I thought we were talking about pants and not pants but okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so okay so that makes that makes sense as far as if you have too many too many choices you could you could end up with that um uh, uh, what I would call the the clear mind is not there anymore, right? You have that kind of like that's that cloud sitting behind, like oh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, and, the vast and that, ocean of choice. Yeah. And you're not even able to um, comprehend the totality of it. And you know, I'm limited by what I'm observing right now in the collection, but the collection is nearly limitless, yeah. and there's being added to it. It gives. It has a psychological impact. Yeah. So, but I want to get back to what you started at first, right? So, about you said you talked about the, the like the online dating. So when I first, because um, that was that was I think after the internet, <laughs> when the first day became kind of popular is like, hey, this online dating, right? And this is before even Facebook and 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 uh, and all of these. And to be honest with you, uh, when I I've heard you know it was on the news like, oh, these people met online, you know. <laughs> and you know, and now they're married, you know, and it's like, to me, to be honest with you, I it was never surprised, and I'll tell you why. I think, I think when you, it's not like when you meet someone, if you meet someone online, or if you go to this dating site, does not mean like that's it. The relationship is there. It's just a way to to make that initial contact. That's why how I see it. And if you're not gonna go. I don't know. Maybe if you're not gonna not, not if you're not gonna meet someone, for example, in your at your work, in the in the supermarket, in the bar, in in uh, I don't know whatever places in the park, you know, this is just as another place where you could just make that first contact. Now, for that to evolve into a, a relationship, it takes more of the same that was back in the day. It would remain. The sad thing now is that maybe, I do not know about this, but maybe people today are not able to do any other way to have the initial contact except through this social media. 
or through these online uh, platforms, meaning they don't have a way to meet someone in, at the park or, or at, a, at a party or another way, or even at an, as, as an arrange, you know, as an arrangement as well, right? If that stops, that's a problem because it's a loss. Because you had other. No, I don't. I don't think it would. It would stop. I think it's, it's shifting more towards like the the online meeting uh, thing gets gets more of a market share than than the other one. I don't think we could say uh, all the rest stopped. It's just been went from uh, a marginal player or a marginal offer to a much larger offering now goes there. But yeah. I want to come back to the to your point. Like you're saying, it's almost the same as meeting somebody at a party or in a park. But then it needs to be like an. Uh, Incredibly big party with millions of people there. <laughs> well, true. So, so in that case, the online the online uh, dating it does have that advantage for you to kind of you know be exposed to um, a bigger pool, right? Now, that comes obviously. There's a good and a bad about that, right? Uh, that means you know if you see more people, that means the other person sees more people as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, this is some of the things uh, what people say about social media is, you know, you're no longer competing, like, uh, let's say, you know, dating and, and finding a life partner or a romantic partner just on, on regular stuff. You used to basically be competing with, with the people in your village. Now you're competing with the world. You, oh, you, oh, you thought you were handsome. Guess not, you know, because there's now there's Instagram and Facebook and the most handsome people, you know, you're there in the they're on the other side of the planet, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes, obviously, again, when you add more quantity, that dilutes the quality. So now you have a lot. Now you're going to see now, for example, if you're looking, you know, I suppose you go online looking for a partner, right? You're looking for, uh, for I suppose, women. And if it was, if you're in a bar, you know, you look at 10 women and you decide, okay, this is the prettiest one and nine of them are not for me. Now you're going to look at a thousand and you're going to say, you're going to see only five and you're going to say 900, you know, uh, 95 of them are not for me. Mm -hmm. So again, because you end up only selecting at the end, not five, but one, right? So the rest is like not for me. So it kind okay. of, I think, I think I, I'm with you, but um, I okay. Let's let's refocus because we're go, we're sort of deviating into the mechanics of how we would deal with this, and instead of that, let's focus on technology having social impact. Because obviously, you and I both agree. Like, um, if I read you correctly, yes, this has some impact on on younger people trying to date. They're in a different world than was even imaginable 20 years ago. They're competing with more people. They have a larger pool to select from. This could have psychological impacts. We don't know. All I'm saying is that technology impacts you on individual, on your personal life, and not in the sense of now, thanks to this faster CPU, you can do more uh, Excel spreadsheets. No, no. Yeah, you could be could be um, uh, a decisive factor in who you spend the rest of your life with. Like we take you, we'll teleport you back in time. Uh, like 50 years ago, you're going to end up marrying someone else. Like, you know, obviously because the people in the future don't exist yet, but you you know what I mean, right? It's a different game. It's different mechanics. So there's a social impact there. Now, another thing 
I did uh, briefly mention, but maybe worth um, highlighting as a as a separate point is the shortening of attention spans. So there is a new concept coming up or came up ten years ago. Like it's it's something absolutely new again. So there is like a the concept of the second screen consumption. So movie makers and TV makers have realized that people don't even focus on the TV anymore, let alone focusing on uh, somebody you're talking to. It used to be the TV would, would draw all the focus and people would stare at it like zombies, you know, next to each other. But at least there was like a shared experience. That's a, that's a different. Like if you if you were watching a movie with the family, I thought I really enjoyed watching the same movie. Even that's impossible today because why? People have iPads and phones and they just watch whatever they like. So you don't have the shared experience anymore. But here you go. The irony of it is the TV people are now, oh, we don't get their full attention because people, while they're watching my show, they're on Twitter. They're on IMDb. They're on whatever. They're consuming a second screen. True. And this hilarious thing the other day, I well, the other day, some years ago, I, I read on, on a forum about audiobooks, because I listen to a lot of audiobooks, uh, you know, when, when I'm commuting or, or doing uh, stuff around the house. And one of them said, like, hey, uh, can anybody recommend any games to play while I'm listening to my audiobooks? And somebody said, well, awesome, you need a distraction. Like, you need entertainment to distract you from your entertainment. Like, um, Again, a new world. Imagine 500 years or 5,000 years ago, you are sat at the campfire and, you know, one of the tribal elders is telling an entertaining story of, you know, something big that happened that's important to the identity of that tribe. And, and everybody's listening with, you know, uh, rapt attention. But then somebody takes out a like a, a phone and it starts swiping left and right on Tinder. It, it, it was not possible. Now you're seeing a fragmentation of, of people's attention and focus to the point that um, uh, the, the societal impact of this will be, I think, or the social impact of this will be, it will become more difficult for the younger generation to hold converse deep conversations on a single topic. I'm not going to say this is a good thing or a bad thing because there's also positives about being able to, you know, work with fragments of, you know, <laughs> if you look at how kids consume media, it's also in fragments. Like on YouTube, they're like, they don't watch full videos. Like watch a bit, jump to the next one, watch a bit. It's a different way of, of processing um, uh, information, you know, something we, we also said before. But I believe the impact of this will be that long, meaningful conversations might become more difficult because you just cannot keep that uh, that focus there. Mm -hmm. And this is just, I'm just pulling no, I, this out of thin air. I agree. I think I agree. I think what, what, what would happen is, or what is actually already happening is that um, so certain things simply, like you say, require a long, um, a long concentration time, right? For you to be focused for a long um, span of time, uh, because they are whether they are complex matters or they are lengthy in in, in their um, delivery, and they may not be split into smaller pieces. Um, 
so what would happen, I believe, is that um, you're going to have uh, what you said, a fragmentation or, or, or a, a portion or, or like some people will excel at that because they will manage to still do it, although they can, you know, they, they, they love to consume things in smaller bites or, you know, um, but they still, if you put them in that situation, they can do it. And other ones are going to find themselves, they're simply unable to focus for a long time. And they mm -hmm. will be Basically, they will not have the skill, or they will not acquire some certain skills to proceed. But they will probably excel in in uh, multitasking and multi-consumption of information well, streams. Well, the, the the society or or culture or society actually not culture but society will have to cater for these people if there is enough of them. You mean in terms of the educational, uh, you know, how we teach children that it might you know take yes. on a different style where you give them bite-sized things or how we even um, encode complex information because some things are too complex to break down, but maybe a new type of challenge for content creators would be how do we take this complex thing that would take like uh, a 500-page textbook and I need to condense it into a 30-second video with animations. It's yeah. And it might even be uh, look at be, being beyond that, meaning we might have to take a step back, not step back, but a degradation in in even uh, the, 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 the end result of the work that's being done because people cannot just process that much. So, for example, think of it like the, the elite will have to jump in and and for example, let, let, let me put a simple example. Let's suppose you have a uh, programming language that's a bit, uh, requires special syntax. And that syntax could be more difficult for someone to comprehend. What you're gonna have to do then, you're gonna have the smartest people that you have, and you're gonna have those break down that syntax and change that language to be more easy for the rest to consume until you find that balance where you have enough people able to consume it or wanting to consume it for that matter, uh, or use it. And that's where you have that, that, um, that productivity back again, whether it's, it's, it's at 100% or at lower. But what I'm saying is like, life has to cater to these people for them to be active again. So but there's Matt, that... what if What if we're wrong? What if instead of not being able to focus, what if these people are actually hyper-focused to the point that basically they're focused on, on, on such a specific issue. Imagine somebody walking into a library and they start taking random books out of the shelf. To you, it looks random. And they read a page there, then go to another book, and they just open in the middle, but they read another page because basically they don't need the, they don't need the entire book. He's just or she is just focused on that really tiny area, and instead of consuming the entire book, which you know might provide context, like you could argue about, it, but now they're chasing a red thread through um, fragments of co of uh, content or media. But because it's no no longer the traditional way of consuming things, we're just saying, oh, they 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 can't focus on anything, or maybe they're just hyper focused on, for example. You could uh, those TikTok videos, etc. Say, oh, you know, they, there's only thirty seconds because they can't uh, keep their attention to it. But 
what if all the videos they're watching have a has a red thread and instead of thinking they go from one unit to the other one it's a cohesive red thread for them i i understand what you're saying but i cannot agree for the reason for for the reason that it's not logical it's not logical for someone to be so so does that mean that this person is somehow gifted enough to know I'm going to open this book that I've never seen into page 107 and read the second paragraph? Certain things in life, you would have to go through. There, there's a lot of waste in life, in a sense. Not, not waste in a bad sense, but it, it not efficiency is not, it's never at 100%. So you might have to read the whole book and only pick up, just to pick up, you know, Mm-hmm. Like two. Yeah, that's ideas. what I meant about the whole context thing. Okay, you're just missing, skipping it, so you 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 might miss the context that might be relevant. But yeah, okay, I understand your so point. It, it it could be, yeah, in a perfect world, let's suppose, yeah, they are somehow, um, uh, they have some sort of wisdom where they can know which which to pick up from this video and from this book and from this um, this meeting and put this together to come up with something. But the world is not. I haven't seen a world that works like that. So I cannot, that's why I cannot agree with this. I think they will, um, I think it will have a negative impact. Uh, someone who, who only consumes in small, um, in small fragments will have, will, will be um, at a disadvantage um, compared to someone that can consume uh, both ways. Huh? Yeah, yeah, if you can do it both ways, but okay, we're we're saying you know, um, you shouldn't conflate like there, that's a third party. There's one party who does it the new way. There's one party that does it the old way, and then you're talking about the hybrid approach. But to give you an example of uh, hyper focused, um, hyper focused uh, defragmentation, if you will, where somebody lands on Wikipedia. And before finishing the whole article, they might click through through another article, take the piece there, go back, go to the second link, and what they're uh, then from there go to a fourth page, come back to the original one, scroll down a little bit. There's another thing. They go into that rabbit hole, if you will. They click, and they're creating this branch, which is creating a like they're collecting bits of data from multiple places to solve whatever or uh, to solve whatever problem they're trying to solve or build whatever model they're trying to build, it's a completely different approach. One could even argue it's more efficient. It's like those, uh, uh, you know, in an algorithmic way, it just tries to get, like, discard um, uh, unnecessary work. And, you know, I don't want to pass judgments and say, you know, what is good or bad, like I said at the beginning, because I just want to talk about the fact that these things are happening. So, yeah. um, the social impact of this being um, people focusing differently. And we see this also in how they interact in real life, right? The fragmentation is there as well in how they both consume media and information and entertainment, but also interpersonal relationships. It's no longer a one volume of med. I'm, you know, I'm spending five days with med, and we're talking about the subject. And you know, I get to know, no. I'm, I'm taking parts of med. I'm taking parts of Bob. Taking uh, you know parts of a 
uh, Janine. You know, you got. But I, I think it's becoming a, a bit vague here. So I just want to, even over our hour again, like we tend to do, because we're all dinosaurs. We don't yeah. do thirty-second things. We do like we're gonna do forty minutes and always end up over an hour. Yeah. Um, I want to talk do, to you about. Yeah, yeah please, man. No, no, I just want to wrap that point. So yeah, it does that. That that. So what we see in social media that's that that's drive towards smaller pieces of content and delivered fast, right? We see it. I think I, I think it has an it does end up in the in, 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 you know in the daily life of, of people and I think I could I, I could easily see that in people having lost patience for example just a simple example people cannot wait for example they would complain quick um, and and I think it's coming from the way the habit of yeah let me just you know watch this video for like you know, 30 seconds or even not even, you know, like only two seconds of it. Okay, no, no, next one. I decided this is bad or this is not for me or whatever. Yeah, again, expectations. You expect now instant information, which is, we said, you know, you you expect people to be instantly reachable, but you also want uh, the, the pertinent information to be delivered the moment you ask for it, which, yeah, might lead to... Um, uh, issues with patience, but uh, as we were wrapping up this episode, I want to talk to something that we said earlier as well. What about policies, etiquettes in a family or among a group of friends? So you said well, this is something I see as a as a passing phase. Uh, so people putting out aside their phones or putting on um, silent might might be something we do for now. But in two or three generations, you're not going to be expected to do that. But at the same time, you do see. Um, um, companies uh, that produce these software build in more and more advanced do not disturb features. A good example is driving mode. People were so addicted to checking their messages that, you know, they're literally causing car crashes and, and, you know, literally killing people. So uh, the phone manufacturer, they said, you know, the the... the you know, Apple's and Google's, they said, well, when you're driving your car, we'll just stop showing notifications. And then they said, you know what? You, we'll let you decide what your working hours are, and outside of those hours, we'll, uh, we'll not show you notifications. Um, at a certain point uh, of, the, of the day, we will uh, switch off the sound, prepare you to, to bed, because left to their own devices... The individuals seem to be incapable of doing it. So you have these nanny companies helping you out with this. But with them helping out with this, maybe it might not be so temporary. Maybe it, the future will be devices that might, for your own safety, basically lock you out, saying, no, you know, you got enough screen time. Well, so my experience with these, uh, at least, uh, so let me start with this first. So there's nothing wrong with technology helping you you know, do something that, you know, you think it's good and you cannot do it. So it's a little help from technology is great. It's always welcome. My experience, however, <laughs> so once I had my phone, I had an update to my phone and I said, hey, do I have this mode now, this Zen mode, I think, whatever it's called. And if you turn it on, it will, you know, make the screen everything. It shows like all black and white and you're not going to, 
get notifications and you cannot open apps kind of um, for for this long. And even if you try to disable it, whatever you have to go through. So it's like really like blocking you. I said, no, thank you. You know, that wasn't good for me. I do not want it to be, I want to have control over that device. So for example, if I go to sleep, I put my phone on the airplane mode. I know I can put it on, on, on silent, right? You put it in the airplane mode? I put it old school airplane mode. It's almost like does that person that when they leave their home, they unplug, you know, the, the power from TV and the, the VCR and <laughs> the VCRs and stuff, right? They just unplug one thing, and they know that's okay. There's no electricity going onto the devices. I'm almost the same way, right? I Why don't you just turn off your phone? Use that as an alarm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But let's say it's one a.m. I'm stuck somewhere uh, in Antwerp and I'm calling you because I need help. Your phone is just going to be like uh, disconnected because you're in an airplane mode. Correct. Correct. I cannot help how you. Do you. How do you sleep at night? <laughs> exactly. That's how I sleep at night. <laughs> it's like, and sometimes we, we feel like, so we took on responsibilities that back then we didn't have them. Like yeah. we said before, you know, your kid lives in the morning and they like, okay, see you at six o'clock. And, you know, and you're cool. You don't feel bad. You feel comfortable. Yeah, there is cool. That's it. And then come six o'clock or even seven, they show up, you know, whether you want to or not. <laughs> They're back at, you know, you know, to feed them again. You know, they expect dinner, right? So it happens. Life, life happens. Life, you know, things work out, you know, in most cases. You know, even when we think of the worst, things end up, end up in a good way a lot of times. So in that sense, um, to me, it, did not, it does not work for me. But if I ever feel like, okay, I'm addicted to this, I'm wasting a lot of times. I had cases, by the way, I would, I would I'm not a big gamer, uh, but I had cases where I look at a game like, oh, let me check this out. And I install it and I played a little bit. And then five weeks later, like, oh, where am I? <laughs> yeah, and I play, and then, you know, and then, so let's put it, it takes an hour that day, right? Next day, I open it, and I'm, like, gone for another hour. I'm like, no, no, this is not, uh, you know, this is not good. Because I'm wasting time. I'm not gaining much, right? I get rid of it. I delete it. Okay, so for games, I have done it. Uh, that's a different topic, but okay. I would, you know, why would you, okay, this, this is a, that's a different topic, something we're going to discuss some other time, but okay, please continue. So you, no, you, so, you manage, you, yeah. I, I know you're a disciplined person, that, that's, you know, uh, I, but I do think that that's why Apple and Google feel like they need to be nannies a little bit because there are concerns being raised and whether or not these mechanisms actually help, Apple and Google at least want to pretend they're doing something about it. Apple has been accused of, um, uh, you know, before they had the driver uh, mode, driving mode, I think they're actually accused by parents of some uh, girl who, who died in a car crash that yeah, the, the, the phone was distracting her. And I think the, the driving mode came quickly in response to that because they won't say, no, it's not our responsibility. We actually blocked you from it. Um, but speaking of nannies and nanny companies, and you brought up the topic of kids. So 
What do you think about um, uh, kids these days with their iPads? Because I have two kids. They both have an iPad. Uh, actually, one, uh, my daughter broke hers. Well, my wife broke my, broke, broke my daughter's <laughs> by accident. Uh, so uh, they're on those devices uh, at least an hour a day. And from what I hear from around me, a lot of parents are in that same mode. But let's say you go to a restaurant with your kids, you can give them an iPad and they'll be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are people who say, iPad, never. My kid may never uh, touch a screen or uh, uh, look at the screen. Um, so these are the two opposites. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, let them let do whatever they want versus no, they're not touching the iPad. Typically, the same parents will say, my kid isn't allowed to eat chocolate. Um, yeah. You know, that group. Versus the group's like, ah, oh, here's chocolate, here's an iPad. Now leave me alone. <laughs> it so yeah, so I'm 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 the same way, right? It seems like the the, the default now is that the kids have their iPads uh, and they have access to them. Uh, I'm the same way, right? I mean, meaning my kids, they do have their iPads. Uh, I think the biggest mistake um, <laughs> I've done uh, raising kids is give them iPads. That's the biggest mistake. Um, I used to hear, which is which for pretty valid, like as far as this is like young, young, young kids, um, uh, a screen is not good for them because now they are they, they are looking at um, 3D, looking at th- uh, things in life, what's supposed to be like a 3D object on a screen. And so for a kid to be exposed to that, that should be delayed, meaning they should have their... Their, uh, their eyes looking at the actual object uh, more uh, to, to kind of um, <laughs> calibrate, you know, their brain and their, and their, and their sight um, to know what things are in 3D. And then at some point, they can start looking also at screens. Uh, I don't know if there's any studies on this, but okay, that's one thing. But um, the problem with the iPads is like, it's it, they're very addictive. Um, because there's the whole world is making content and people are be, becoming more more and more um, original and creative in making attractive content. Um, so but you know. some of that stuff is like really weird. like they I remember uh, around three years of age, uh, my kids had this phase where they were watching these videos of poorly animated three d um, you know figures going through uh, swimming pools filled with paint and they come out the other side in a different color. It's like you have the dinosaurs, like the T-Rex. It's like a regular T-Rex. It goes into the, into a yellow pool, yeah. comes out yellow. And the next snap, there's a red one, you know, comes out red and the blue. And then there's so many varieties. It's like there's a gorilla. It goes through the same, you know, uh, course, which with the, with the paint bath in it. Yeah. And the cars... And there are so many of these, and I would just be fascinated. Like, who came up with these? And uh, and I asked some parents, and it turns out all kids watch these. Yeah. Who came up with these, and why are kids fascinated with these? Yeah, it's a. <laughs> it's weird, right? Like, what yeah. what are you even watching? <laughs> like, what is this? Why? 
It's, well, I, yeah, I mean, I could easily think of this. It doesn't have to be like uh, design day one. Okay, let's, uh, you know, let's brainstorm. Okay, let's make this, this. The kids are going to love it. Say, okay, good idea. Do it. No, I think it was like, um, you know. Lots uh, of A-B testing. Yeah, exactly. A lot of, t- <laughs> a lot of uh, trials, you know. Um, so, yeah, you have this kind of things that for us, they may be weird. For them, it's it's normal. Or maybe entertaining, <laughs> uh, but that's that's also that's, that's taste, right? I mean, uh, except when it's because you find kids that repeat to watch the same thing over and over and over and over, right? Mm-hmm. The same video they will watch it multiple times, and to us, to me at least, for example, it would be okay. I can watch it twice, unless it has a lot of needs a lot of focus. I can do it three times to you know to pick up what I didn't pick up day one the first time. <laughs> Um, so, so for us, it becomes it's a waste of time because maybe you could be watching something else to learn something else. But for them, no, they are getting their enjoyment from repeating watching the same, the same video. For example, um, it's yeah. And, and, and <laughs> but why did you think? It, why do you think it's a mistake? Aside, it's from- a mistake because it's difficult to uh, undo it. Difficult to take take the iPad. It's always possible, but then you. So you want to be a friend to your kids, and taking the iPad is a punishment. And a punisher can never be, you know, admired or, you know, you will be the parents. You will still be, you know, um, that person with with who cares for them. But it would leave. Uh, it's I could see like what easily would. You know, but why do you? So you're saying the cat's out of the bag, right? You already gave it to them. But what would be different if you didn't hadn't given them given them a tablet? Well, even now you can take it actually. But what what would happen is like you have to fill that time, and that's what mm-hmm. we are uh, a bit uh, not doing a good job. Okay, but my question is comes back to what's the part that you regret? Like, is it? Uh, that you mentioned their eyesight and the development of you know spatial awareness in the 3D world versus 3D representation of 2D world. Is that the only thing that you like? Oh, no, no. For their, Just having uh, an iPad, spending time on the iPad. You know, it's better if they did not have an iPad. And although they learn a lot, by the way, yeah. Yeah, they, they learn, learn weird they languages. Learn. Uh, not just language; they learn. They pick up things in life. Some of the stuff I would say, well, <laughs> maybe they pick up too early. Um, some of it is useless. Uh, some are incorrect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, in general, they do pick up things, they do learn, um, but uh, they they just spend too much time, and it's it's easy for us to, like you say, you just give an iPad, and then you. But what you would they be? Like, should solved. they be? Should they be playing on their Nintendo instead of being on the iPad? Uh, no, they should be mixing a lot of things, and a lot of the the more the more um, physical. Uh, life stuff, life uh, events that they do, life activities they do, it's, uh, it would be better. To prepare them <clears throat> for a life of physical activity because eventually when they grow up, their life is going to be centered around screens, right? They're, most likely their job is going to be you know, sitting in front of a screen. No, I think, <laughs> I think they're going to make a choice then, but at least, at least they know how to sit without a screen. If they decide to. But, but do you they... not think the kids that, that get the iPad uh, from an early age will have like um, 
they'll be wired in a certain way that will make them uh, more competitive or they'll have an advantage in the market in, when they're being employed in the future? Um, absolutely not. I don't see why, you know, watching YouTube videos makes you... Maybe there's going to be a job where you have to paint uh, elephants in different colors. <laughs> Yeah, and they can show uh, yeah. paint gorillas. It's like, oh, I've been watching this stuff since I was three. You know, give me, yeah. give me a bucket of paint. I'll just, <laughs> I'll get the job done. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's almost like you know, like the pilots who have to have I don't know how many you know flying hours, so they can have yeah. like uh, enough use Sim- of hours to do the job. Huh? Yeah, I, I met um. We should wrap up because we've been going at it for an hour and 20 minutes. I think part of it's because it's been so long since we did like a, a Mid and Errol episode. So um, I just let it go as well because, I mean, some people ask me like, oh, well, what's, the, you know, you're doing the, the podcast and, and what's the point of it, etc." I'm just doing it for fun. I like to, uh, talking to Med um, and I like inviting guests, but for me, the the core like the, the the core enjoyment of doing this entire process is just being able to talk to you, ask you questions, uh, debate it with you, and I'm in no way concerned about making the show consumable by you know limiting it. Like it's exactly the same thing. Like why should I limit it to thirty minutes? Because that's what the consumer like. This is you know something. This is the format of it, and if you can't enjoy it or it's too much for you, like okay, good. Uh, but I'm not looking to make money off of this. this is not meant for advertising. So my focus is how do I get the most enjoyment out of doing this? And that's by, you know, talking to you. So that's why Sounds the good. episode went to an hour, almost uh, 80, uh, over 80 minutes now. Um, but we should wrap up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise uh, it's going to go for another 80 hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, Hey, do you want to recap the episode? Oh, wow. okay. The difficult job I have to do. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we discussed the uh, influence of technology on um, the um, on our um, social lives. Um, we talked about we talked about how um, um, the use of social media. Um, and um, how does that affect uh, our daily um, interaction with the small bubble uh, of our family? Uh, we also discussed um, uh, consuming content in smaller pieces and how um, we see that everyone is doing that uh, more and more, uh, where people have a short... Um, um, short attention Attention span span. yeah we also um talked about how the work life uh the work life balance and how that's been affected by um the Mm -hmm. changes in in technology um 
I'm sure I'm missing a lot of things here, but <laughs> no, I, I uh, think you had hit most of them. Uh, with uh, the dating as well, um, yeah. And the only reason I know this is because I have it written down here. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm really impressed you got like all of them. Uh, the, but we talked about a lot of things. It was also the thing we talked about was you know should there be like a policy etiquette? Yeah. And generally speaking, it, it was a very broad topic, um, deliberately so, just so we could you know see where it went. Um, uh, but uh, now that this episode is over, and for those dear listeners who are still with us after 82, 83 minutes, should they want to get in touch with you, Med, to talk about painting elephants and painting uh, gorillas? How could they reach you? Well, they take their iPad first, <laughs> <laughs> or the kids' iPads, right? Open up internet browser and and, and navigate to www.madmed.com. That's M-E-D, M-A-D, M-E-D. M-A-D, M-E-D. .com, yeah. Um, me, you can find at baikal.be. That's B-A-Y-K-A-L.be. Well, this has been another episode of the Lazy People Podcast. Med, thanks for being here. No, thank you. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.